Good evening, all. Hidden Treasures Revealed is on the air. Looking forward to what Yah has for us this evening. So welcome, everyone, and we'll be with you in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, we're here together again. How was your day today? I'll give you the typical answer. It was a good functional day. And really, I mean, when I answer that, I mean, if if I had a bad day, I'd say something. But I, I haven't had a bad day in a while. So very good. Yeah, we and it's okay. That that's a good answer. I mean, because like you said, if you had a dysfunctional day, then you could say, well, here's what was dysfunctional, but I'm no, just to welcome you here. We haven't seen each other in a few days. So good to be back with you again and looking forward to where Yah takes this. And it was very interesting. I had something on my mind that was really coming to me pretty strong. And I was confident that that would be what we were going to talk about. And I was outside today and uh, what was given to me was what we're going to be starting with. And mother made it clear that that's where they wanted us to start. But actually, as I think back about what came strongly to my mind, it was for me and it makes sense on it applies to this as well. And we'll see if that comes out, uh, if on this podcast or another one, but this was on my mind this afternoon. And, um, I had a scripture come to mind And we had recently on the podcast, we had talked about a few things. We talked about uh, the veils. And after the veils, we went through the gospel message and gave a little bit more detail. And this just was one of those where I was outside and I was like, oh, this is something that we haven't really talked about on the podcast. And it goes with what Yah was bringing out with the the gospel message, the gospel being the good news that you can find faith in God and you can have eternal life when you find the fullness of faith and persevere and endure to the end, you will have eternal life. And this, we had talked about the tabernacle in detail and it came to mind with this aspect of you have the holy place and the holy of holies or the most holy place. And I thought, you know what? We really haven't gotten into a lot about what holiness is, even talked about it. And it's the word of God mentions it. Yah themselves in the Old Testament, they said, be holy for I am holy. And Yah doesn't make a statement like that if that's something that they're just making a suggestion. No, they're, they're saying that you have the capability to be holy as I'm holy. And uh, we know that when Yah makes statements, they're not suggestions, they're commands. They're things that, that they're impressing on 
those that have faith in them will do. And just thinking about this aspect that we've talked about righteousness uh, a fairly good amount. And I don't know about you, but just thinking back to my journey uh, to come to faith in Yah, that I don't remember, and because we both came from Christian background, being in a Christian church, I don't remember any kind of teaching on holiness, anything like that. Uh, I know that we would sing the songs in the the 11 o'clock service, you know, the holy, 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 you know, that song, but really didn't talk about it a lot. And this is a huge aspect in the faith journey and very important to talk about this because the gospel message is the good news. And the good news is that you can be godly and you can and must in order to enter the kingdom of, of heaven the kingdom of God, you must be holy. And really, as this is coming to mind, thinking that it was presented as God is holy, you know, the the song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty and revelation. Uh, they have the beasts that are around the throne that day and night, they don't stop saying, you know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, which should be done. And it is, but, with y'all making the statement, be holy for I am holy. They're saying that we have the capability to do this. And there is a, a scripture that came to mind. And this is actually what brought this out was the scripture says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And that really resonated me. I was like, whoa, that's a profound truth that, and then just had some different things come to mind with that, that, that God does not lie. They're not capable of lying that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And when we say this word, holy, going to give understanding of what the word holy means from the perspective of Yah is set apart. And if you think about it from the old Testament, the things that Yah did, bringing them out of Egypt, you know, setting them apart from Egypt. The law was given. Well, that law was given to show you what holy conduct is to set you apart. Even Yah making it clear to them that, you know, when people see you all and see these laws that you have, they'll say, what God has these great laws that these people have that are fair and just and right, you know, and you're to be the example to live that law so that people will see that Yah is holy, Yah is fair and just, Yah is set apart, that these laws are fair and just, and they are to set you apart from everybody else. When you go into these lands to take over people, don't take in their idols and things because that's going to get you away from me. You know, be set apart, be holy as I am holy. We have an aspect where Moses, when the angel of the Lord appeared in the bush, and the bush was on fire, but the bush wasn't being consumed, that Yah spoke out of the uh, bush to Moses and said, Moses, Moses, you know, and, you know, here I am, Lord. And he said, take off your sandals because where you stand is holy ground. You know, you're on the holy ground, the set apart ground, the, the pure, the fair ground. So, you know, take off your shoes, you know, don't bring in the things of the world into this place. You know, it's a set apart place. 
you know, we even go to the New Testament with Yeshua that, you know, obey my commands, those that obey these commands of mine. Well, actually, those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice is like the person that builds their house on the sand, you know, versus the one that builds their house on the rock, you know, be set apart. You know, your Messiah was set apart. He was not like the uh, people of the day, the religious leaders. He was not, um, he was living by the word of God and not that they weren't telling people to live the word of God, but they themselves weren't living it. And therefore, like he told them that do what they tell you to do, but don't do what they do. Don't be a hypocrite do what they actually do, what the word of God says, you know, Messiah was all about, you know, with his disciples to be set apart. You know, um, you've heard this being said, but I say to you, you know, love your enemies, do good to those who curse you, you know, cause that's what you were called to. And you've heard it said that people would pray a certain way, but this is how you to pray. And so it's just, I find it interesting that we have in the old Testament, Abraham, who was, it says that he believed God and it was credited with him or um, accounted to him for righteousness. You know, that because he was doing what is right, he agreed with God. And, excuse me, and what's very interesting about this is that the one of the pieces of the gospel message is that the gospel is the good news. It's a righteousness from God that is revealed that you have a way to be righteous before God, which is to do what is right. But what's interesting is when you go to the tabernacle, as we just talked about, you know, you have the holy place and the most holy. Well, they're called set apart places. And there's things that you must do in order to have a part in those set apart places. You know, if you want to be, if you want to have relationship with God, you've got to come to Abba. As we talked about in the gospel, you have to come to Abba first. And what what I find interesting about this is that when Yah says to be holy for I am holy, that just like baptism, that there's a threefold aspect to this because be holy for I am holy because God is set apart. So even in this, you have with Abba when you repent, and walk in that repentance, you are being set apart, that you in your mind are attempting to be holy in your mind. And that's where you can be at that time. You can just do it in your mind. You can't be holy in your heart. You come to Yeshua and he's set apart, you know, be holy for I am holy. The, the set apart in Messiah is the obedience aspect. Well, obedience sets you apart from others because the word says that those, the children of God or the obedient children, not the ones that are referred to as the sons of disobedience. You come to mother that you trust where you're set apart because you're not trusting in self and what people, other people do. You're trusting in Yah and you're set apart. But just like the baptism, you know, there's three baptisms that make up the one baptism, you know, the place to be holy. Ultimately, the fulfillment of all three is circumcision of the heart where you have mother coming to live within you, you have the fullness of the deity. And it mentions that the fullness of deity in bodily form or the, you know, fullness of the Godhead bodily, uh, same thing that you have the fullness of them within that you are now able to be holy as they are holy. So it's a journey. 
of cleansing to where really that holiness that, and you could refer to it as sanctification, that purification, that the good news is, is that you can be set apart or you must be set apart and you can live eternally in the kingdom of God, but you must go through all aspects of Yah in order to be walking in holiness. You must have all three pieces, and then therefore you will be receiving a rich welcome into the kingdom when you perish. Either you're called up when Yeshua returns, or you you go and um, you're at Abraham's side that you wait, that everybody will enter in together. And because of you being uh, made holy by faith in the Son, that you can now enter the kingdom of God. And it makes it clear in the word that, you know, no homosexual, no idolater, no thief, no murderer will inherit the kingdom of God because those things are, they are set apart from God, but you're to be set apart from the things of the world. So you're to be in the world. Uh, We are to be in the world, but not of the world. And Yah has made a way for us to be set apart from the things of the world so that Messiah and it was very interesting because we had asked this or even maybe asked a question. We had talked about this before that what was the purpose of Messiah coming? And I'd actually had this come to mind. I looked this up that it talked about in Hebrews that Messiah came that through his one sacrifice, we are made holy through that sacrifice. And I was like, wow. So Messiah came to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself so that we could be made holy in the sight of God. We could truly be set apart because yes, in our mind, we can attempt to be holy, you know, and through repentance and we can walk in obedience to God and trust in Yah. And he made a way through his body, which was the veil that was torn that we can make it into the most holy place because when we sacrifice like he did, because he gave his life first as the high priest, that by his work and faith in him, we are made holy in the sight of God. And that's why we're able to enter into the kingdom that because we walk as he did, that we are declared holy. And without that, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. And the thing is, is that there's been teaching out there, and we've come through this, that when you make an acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you're saved and everything is done. And we're not taking away the fact that if you truly do accept the Son of God as Lord and you walk as he did, that he will be ultimately Savior. But just making a acknowledgement that he's the Son of God doesn't make you holy. And this is just helping me just to see more detail about the gospel message is that if somebody were to ask us, well, what's the purpose for Yeshua coming and all these other things that we, we have answers, good answers that we can give. And the word of God talks about it. Uh, even in Peter, Peter writes that even though the one, you know, Lord that you serve is holy, you be holy in all your conduct. You know, you be set apart. You know, Yeshua says that, Hey, if they killed me, they're going to kill you. They hated me. They're going to hate you that the, you believe in me, you will be set apart. But it's good because that's the the proof that you have faith in me. So this is just another aspect that um, people may not be thinking about is that if somebody were to ask me now, if somebody were to ask me a question, are you holy? 
And I'll say, yes, I am. But it's not me of my own doing. It's the work of God in me and me doing what the word of God says that I am set apart and we must be. And this isn't an arrogance like, yeah, I'm holy and I'm, no, it's through humility that I've been declared holy by the blood of Messiah that because of us doing our part, uh, because the word also says the the baptism is a pledge of a good conscience, and that pledge of a, a good conscience saves you through the resurrection of Yeshua from the dead. So because he did what he did, through him, we have a way to be holy in the sight of Yah. And that's what circumcision of the heart brings. It brings that enlightenment. It brings the fullness of deity that you are able to be holy because the one in you is holy. So it's this is just an aspect of I wasn't thinking about this um, until today, just a little bit. And we talked about this in the gathering uh, not too long ago. But just going along with what the Word of God says that, you know, you— you must go through the tabernacle, and the last part of the tabernacle is the most holy place. And ultimately, the kingdom of God is the most holy place because there is no sin in the kingdom of God. Uh, that's where righteousness dwells. That's where holiness dwells. And in order for somebody to ultimately end up in the kingdom, that you must partake of the holiness of God. So, Phil, this is you know just the thoughts that I had, just a very interesting uh, concept, you know, and the word of God talks about this. So in the, again, in the <clears throat> Socratic form, I want to ask you a question about a statement you made. Now, you, you made a statement that we would be declared holy because of what Messiah did. Is that true? Well, it would be with what we have done as well not just what he did, that he did, he was because of what he did. But if we walk as he did, that would be, it would be because we also follow in his footsteps as well. Right. So we couldn't have done it without him because he showed us the example that we should follow in his footsteps. Agreed. Correct. Um, so a declaration of holiness doesn't come just because you know Messiah and just because Messiah did his work. His holiness came from his sacrifice that he made and his walking in the holiness, his, his being holy as God was holy. And it was obvious because he was set apart. There was He was different from what everybody else was doing, and they hadn't seen this before. And so uh, I also want to make another statement that you cannot be – you, you cannot be made holy, and, and I'll, I'll explain, okay? And again, it's words, and it's just important that we understand uh, the, the full concept of what we're talking about, um, because the Scripture does not say, make holy as I am holy. It does not say, make holy as I am holy. And God, God specifically does not make you holy, okay? Now, you have to have God, and you have to have Messiah, and you have to follow in those steps. But like you spoke about, well, the sacrifice of Messiah that brought holiness. Yeah, it brought holiness for him. Now, if we follow his example and we do what he did, then it will bring holiness for us. 
And I just think it's important that we clarify that just so because somebody might be able to say, well, if he sanctified us like that, then, you know, why do I have to be set apart? Or he, he did it. He did all the work. And so I uh, and and I'm going to get to the core of the thought process in this because it's important, again, that for each step that we really do a good evaluation and make sure that we understand what we understand and that it's understandable because it's truth in the midst of it. And the reason I brought up that aspect of make is because you hear people, well, you know, God makes me holy. Okay. Where no, God would have said, then you have faith in me. I will make you holy as I am holy. Okay. So we know that Messiah had his holiness based in what he did through his sacrifice and then through his living in the repentance, obedience, and trust to uh, God, to Abba and Ema. And so, again, this is why he came to be an example that we would follow in his footsteps. That's why he came to be in humankind, because we're human, he was human, he did it, we can do it. We have the ability, we just have to apply what's necessary, and we've said this before, it's not an easy thing to be set apart. And so it's really important that we understand the base concepts and really want people. And when we're talking about this and we say this over and over again is we don't want you to just believe us because it sounds good. Or we want you to evaluate what we're saying and then you go dig into it yourself and you make sure what it is to be holy because you're the one that's going to have to answer to God. And as much as we sit here and we talk about these things, we're not going to answer for you. Whoever's out there listening, we're not going to answer for you, but we will answer for us and we will answer for what we taught. But as an individual, if I'm listening to somebody else and I'm agreeing with it, then I'm going to be accountable to believing lies. If I didn't research it, and dig into the word because everything we've said and everything we've talked about on all the podcasts, it's backed up by what the word of God says. And that's a, that's a fact. You can find it in there, but we want you to find it in there. We want you to dig for it. Search as though you're searching for hidden treasure. And then you will have the discovery of it. And when you have the discovery that's when it's going to stick with you. And so there's a key word when we're talking about this concept, this podcast topic that we're on, be holy because I am holy. There's a key word in it, okay? And the key word is be, okay? So... Can somebody who doesn't have children be a dad? No. No, they, they can. And even if you were to 
uh, adopt, it would be something you would have to learn just as well as you have to learn it when you become a dad, you become a father. You cannot, you cannot be a father if you don't have children. That, that's an absolute impossibility. Why? Because when you have children, that is when you become a father. But you're at the very beginning stages of that. You don't know everything there is about fatherhood because you, this is your first child and only, you know, a year, six months, a year and a half, two years, whatever it is. That there's a lot of information that you learn along the way. But until you have children, you cannot be a dad or you cannot be a father. You cannot be a mother. You can pretend. You can act like you think it is. But the reality is, is that if you're not a father, you can't be a father. It's an impossibility for you to be a father if you don't have kids. And it's the same thing with the holy. Because the word be, if you're being a father, that's your life. That's what your life is engulfed in. If you're being a mother, it's what you do. You, you, you innately, you're taking care of and doing the things that a mother does or a father does. And you have to learn along the way that, okay, well, we make adjustments for different things and we learn that discipline worked this way for this one, but didn't work this way for this one. And we had three kids and all three of them responded differently to disciplines. And even to the point where my daughter, all she had to do was, all I had to do was raise my voice, and that was it. I didn't have to do anything else. And so in order for you to be something, you actually have to be. Can you be a fireman if you're not, if you haven't gone through the training? No. You, you, can, you can grab a hose and put out a fire that doesn't make you a fireman until you go through the training. And then that's your life that you're living because that's what being a fireman is. It's if you're going to be a fireman, then you're going to spend uh, nights at the firehouse. You're going to, you're going to do the duty that you need to do. And this carries into anything, you know, can you be an employee? with the insurance company you work for, if you don't work for them. No. And, and, you know, somebody may think, well, this, that's silly. But the reality is, is that there's a reason God worded it that way. Because if you're going to be something, that means the burden of you being it is on you. And if you're going to be holy, the only way you're going to be holy is to walk in the same steps of Messiah. Those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. This is why we have scriptures that tell you that. And 
Why? Because he showed us. He came to be like his brothers and sisters in every way. The only difference between him and us was he was conceived of Abba and Emma before he was placed into mother. But because he was placed into a human female for birth, then he was born into this world just like you and I, just with the same struggles, the same things that come along. He was all open to all of those things. So when he was here, he was being human. Why, why do we call, why are we called human beings? You know, why are we not just running around downtown, uh, walking around on all fours, no clothes on, and peeing on all the, the fire hydrants and Oh, because that's not what humans do. Why? Because we're not, we're human beings. So we're going to be human and humans have the ability to reason. So we reason things. And so we're being human because that's what we are. And so the same concept is with be holy as I am holy, you have to be holy. This is not you leaning on a crutch of Messiah that he's your holiness that he's going to do it for you. No, he did it. And without him, you couldn't do it. But he did it to show you that you can do it because I have the same body that you have, but it's going to take grit, determination, and discipline in order for you to fulfill the holiness. Because when people are hating you because of the message you're giving, and more people are hating you than liking you, then that's a problem for the other people, but not for you. That's a sign for you that says, hey, he's different. You know, we look at set apart. Well, God is set apart. God is holy. Well, so am I. Now, I, we're not saying that without God, you can do any of this. We're not saying that at all. But what we're saying is, is that if you're going to be holy, you must be holy. And if you know you sin, you are not holy. It is an impossibility for you to sin, for you to be set apart like God is set apart if you sin. And you know you sin because God doesn't sin. And that's why God is holy, because they don't sin. Everybody in this, the rest of this creation that's born into it sins. And, but God doesn't. So if you're going to be holy like they're holy, you have to eliminate sin. And it's important because sin has to be removed in order for you to be holy and you can't profess that you sin and that you are holy. And here's where the, the key factor in it is. If you know, and you can tell people, I don't sin, I don't sin. This is why we want people to really discover this and understand it. So you can get to a point where you know you don't sin. And the difference is, is when you sin, you have a guilty conscience and you can't get away from it. 
You can try to fool other people. You can try to deceive other people, but you yourself know that you are guilty and you haven't figured out how to have a clean conscience, a clear conscience. And that clear conscience comes with circumcision of the heart because there truly is an aspect where there is no guilt. We've talked about the fact that, that we do have the sinful nature that is in the body of flesh, but we're on a process of continual improving and increasing and getting better. And therefore, when something might take place, I have no guilty conscience because of something I've done because I'm in a process of perfecting, not in a process of decay. And so when you know you sin, that's a sign for you. You're not holy yet. And again, we've talked about this in the process. You're going to have sin in your life when you don't want to sin, but you have to get past that. And just like you brought up with the tabernacle, and it's true, your holiness is a threefold perspective that your holiness to Abba is repentance. And repentance to God is you walking in their direction completely and fully. You fully agree with them. That means that you have no complaint against God. If you bring a complaint against God, you are not holy. Now, you may have something out of your lower conscience that pops up, but if you are complaining that, well, I don't understand why God does this and God did that and they didn't, you're not holy because that says you haven't repented because repentance has nothing to do with sorrow. Sorrow is what is supposed to drive you to repent, but they're two completely different things because you can have worldly sorrow, which leads to death, and then you can have godly sorrow, which leads to repentance. And so with the godly sorrow, you will repent, which means you turn in their direction away from what you've done in your whole life. You surrender yourself to Abba, and so you start uh, striving for that in your mind with absolution. I am never sinning again, but you're going to sin because you still have the sin nature until that's removed. You can't help it. That's where you have the forgiveness of sin. So your first aspect of holiness is repentance. That, that's where you start the journey of holiness is when you've said it in your mind in absolution that I am not, I do not agree with these things and I am not going to do them. And I don't care if it takes me till the day I die, I'm going to fight these things tooth and nail until I die. And then you prove faithful to God in that, in the repentance that you agree with them. And trust me, you're going to be in some trials and some tests because they want to see if you really mean what you say. But that's the, the first aspect of holiness is the turning to God, because how many people are truly walking in full agreement with God? No, there's not that many. Well, okay, so you've started the process where you're already holy to a degree. You haven't fulfilled it to the point where you can be holy, 
because to be holy, you have to have uh, removal of sin, no guilty conscience. But then you move to Messiah, and your holiness is displayed in your obedience. No matter what God tells you to do, how they tell you to do it, whatever it is, I don't care. That's what I'm going to do. You know, one of the, the tests that I had was you're not going to work. Well, how are we going to pay for the house? I didn't, I was like, well, I don't know how this is going to work, but uh, that's what you want me to do. That's what I'm going to do. And they'll put you through tests like that to see, do you mean what you say? Are you going to obey now? You say you, you've repented and you're, you've pushed this far. So now we're going to see if you're going to set yourself apart from the uh, obedience perspective. And then after you you prove yourself in that, okay, now your holiness is going to go to the trust perspective, and you'll be tested in the trust perspective. Do you trust God completely? Do you trust that they know what they're doing? And it's a process of learning, and it's a process of growing and trust in them that will never end. You'll never get to the point where you have absolute trust in God while you live on this uh, on this planet. It's an impossibility. But just looking at it, if you can confess that you sin, or if you know that you sin because you have a guilty conscience, then that's just telling you you haven't made it far enough yet. So make sure you repent. And it's it's cool because this just goes off of what we just went through with the gospel message that in order to be holy, you've got to follow that gospel message. You've got to have the godly sorrow that brings you to the point where you make a decision you're going to be holy. You're going to repent to God, and you're going to agree with them 100%, and it doesn't matter whether your kids don't like it, whether your wife doesn't like it, whether your husband doesn't like it, whether your friends, your workmates, whoever it is, I don't care. God is the one that I want to please, and so I'm turning to God with everything of my life, and that means you jump in both feet and you start swimming that direction. Not, uh, well, let me test the water. Let me, let me dip my toe in. Oh, that's a little cold. Oh, that, that's kind of hot. No. Jump in and go. But make sure that you've set your mind that that's what you want, because if you haven't, then you're not going to make it. At some point, you're going to climb back out of it because of something that something went away you didn't expect it to. And now instead of obeying God, you're complaining against God. Instead of trusting God, you're getting mad at God. You're arguing with God. You're, you're thinking things aren't right. And it's not fair because of the way you've been treated. And you haven't been promised anything by God except for fulfillment of their promises when you fulfill the stipulation. That's, that's the promises you get. And so just really important that people understand that being holy is a state of being. It's not something that somebody else can do something like Messiah. He died on the cross and he did it for you. Now you're holy because he died on the cross. No, he died on the cross. So he's holy. So when you crucify yourself with Christ, you become holy. And scripture even backs this up from the perspective of, uh, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature the things required of the law, they become a law unto themselves. 
their words, and this is in the process of the faith journey, their words condemning them, and that's in the process of repentance when you still sin and you know you sin and you have that guilt of sin, that your words are condemning you when you're confessing that I sin and this isn't right and I shouldn't be doing it. And I, so those words are condemning you, but then you move to the point of circumcision of the heart where those words of, well, this isn't right. I don't agree with it. It doesn't line up with God. I'm not doing that now. They're defending you because you're not doing it in accordance with the law. Now you're using the law as a base for what's right and wrong, but the written code doesn't give us everything we need because there's a spirit of it. So it was just, uh, well, that was a long, a long stretch of the thoughts that were going through my mind as you were, uh, as you were speaking, but it's really important that people understand to be holy. You must be, it's a state of being, and you can't be that through somebody else. You can't be that for somebody else. All you can do is be that and be an example for them, just like Messiah was for you, and hope that they follow the same path. And if they do, they will find that holiness that God is talking about. And that holiness is a beautiful place of no sin. It's a place of rest. You've entered the rest of God, and you don't have to fear anything anymore. Well, no, this is a, this is all good. I mean, it doesn't matter how long you speak or I speak. It's just that the truth of God is, is uh, given spoken because it's just another lesson on dependency on the word of God, not on the words on the page, because by the words on the page, because I just read it was that by his sacrifice, we are made holy. But if you, what, what came to mind was, is by him doing what he did, he made a way for us to do the same thing. So it's, it's not that, and I can see, and I'm glad that a mother three you had brought this to me was, it's not that I'm depending on that, but just realize when you say something like, cause this came to me that, do you know what you're talking about? Because that's for us as well to where you may mean it in your mind, but you say it to somebody else and, you know, tell me what you mean so that I can understand this because the person may not know what I mean. And it just, it clicked in my mind as you were speaking is, is that the, like in the tabernacle, the way into the most holy place had not been made known while the first tabernacle was standing because only the high priest could go in once a year, but they couldn't remove the curtain because the curtain is Messiah's body. It's his body. He had to give his life so that that veil could be torn so that now we can, because He's laid the way because the what came to mind was with the baptism that when you have the baptism that the baptism ultimately saves you through Messiah. So Messiah's sacrifice was the way to be holy. So it would be like if you just put down a trail that's in the road that you put down this road that now you can go in because there's a road that's put there that he's the door. He's the grace of God that you can now go through the door because now a way into the most holy place is now there. Like without Messiah doing what he did, there would be no way for us to get to the most holy place because, um, and you mentioned, you didn't say it directly, but Hebrews about 
there was no way to cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. All it could do was the blood of bulls and goats could only cover sins for a time, but the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sins. That's the key in it is, so this is all good, and it is. It's like a ceremonial cleansing, like that your holiness cleansing is repentance, and then, okay, well, you've been cleansed here. Now I'm going to take you to the second cleansing, which is, my son, okay, and then my son will take you to the most holy one, which is my beloved that is here with me, to where now she's going to remove sin from your heart, and now you have the fullness of the cleansing. Now you can be fully immersed in our holiness, therefore, because you've done the work yourself, now you can be holy as we are holy. You know, it's just like you've made it to our house, you can now be in our house as we are in our house. Like, you can't get there so the beauty of this is, is that we learn, even as we talk and present things, because I wasn't even thinking about this today, but I was like, wow, this is a threefold aspect of holiness. Because when that, when I, when I had that scripture come to mind that without holiness, no one will see the Lord, I was like, wow. So holiness isn't being discussed. It's just you make a, a decision and then you're holy. No, because remember with Moses, you know, Lord, let me see your face. Well, if you were to look on the holiness of my face at this moment in a human body, you're not going to be able to live. And we have proof of that with Stephen that, you know, he's getting ready to die and he looks up and he sees y'all on their throne and then he gives up his life. But what's interesting is if you think about it, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So can you really see the Father without repentance? Can you really see Yeshua without obedience? Can you see Mother without trust. So it's still, they'll make a blanket statement, but there's so much detail is, so we, we can't say that we don't see God because Messiah himself said, nobody has seen the father, but the son, well, him in a body of flesh, he can't look upon Amen Ema in a body of flesh. So how does he see them? He sees them through the spiritual aspect of repentance, obedience, and trust. So we get to see God, but to see God, in their perfected, well, they are perfected, but in their perfection, their full holiness face-to-face in a body of flesh, you, you would die. You couldn't, you would be consumed because they're a consuming fire, but you can talk to them face-to-face and you must do that, but it's through the process of going through the steps that you can talk to Yah face-to-face, but for us to see them in their, their actual bodies and face-to-face to dwell with them, we're not able to do that until we have a perfected body because we can't dwell in heaven right now in the fullness of, well, let me, we dwell in heaven in Messiah, but we're not in the actual spiritual realm there because we don't have a perfected body. So again, just to clarify that, that when you're in Messiah, that you are, you dwell in the heavenly places, like you dwell in heaven, but it's Messiah that's in heaven that you dwell in, not you yourself, but you know, this is this just even gives more understanding to the tabernacle and all the pieces because the tabernacle does the brazen altar just operate itself does the bronze laver just it fills itself with water each day and you know you go into the holy place where the showbread is there and the showbread just magically appears and the lamps are just burning on their own no there's work in the courtyard there's work in there and the altar of incense well they had to put incense on the altar they had to burn that and then change it out. And so, I mean, there's work to be done. So that just tells me that, 
Yah has just made a way to and for us to be holy, but they're not going to they're not going to do the work for you. They cannot because then you couldn't be holy. It would just be they're the ones that are holy, and well, I'm sorry you can't be here because I'm not going to do it for you. Our son is going to be the example. So our grace being displayed is that our son is going to come and show you the way and follow him. I mean, because think about it in the Old Testament, what did, what did Yah tell Moses that I'm going to send my servant? And if anyone doesn't listen to my servant, then it's not going to go well. You know, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, why are they pleased with Messiah? Because he's walking in their ways. He's being set apart. He's walking in holiness and just another aspect to just to explain this in more depth because nobody is going to be able to, you're not going to be able to see the face of God in the kingdom if you have sin in your life because Yah is going to look at that person and say, no, get away from me. I never knew you. You're not going to enter this holy place. You know, and you even, even you had mentioned this recently with uh, getting into the most holy place that if you were to go into the Holy of Holies and have sin, that you'd be put to death. I mean, you couldn't touch the ark. You couldn't do anything with it. You know, you would be uh, kicked out. And Yah is not going to dwell forever in sinful man because the word of God says that, you know, that mother is not going to dwell in sinful man forever because she can't dwell in a place forever that's got sin in it. I mean, she can dwell for a while, but she'll have to leave. But she can't have her final resting. I mean, not her, like she's... Um, she can't die, but just she doesn't dwell in those people. Now, in the kingdom of, of heaven, yes, of course, but the kingdom of heaven is a is a kingdom of holiness that's being set apart. And don't think that you're going to be dwelling in the kingdom of God and you can just walk around doing whatever you want. No, it's going to be a lawful place. It's going to be a good functional place. And I just see this as just another way to just give detail so that those that are seeking with all their heart, when you go to the Old Testament, look at how, look at all the detail that Yah put in in order to be set apart. The sacrifices, the sin offering, the wave offering, the grain offering, the um, the different animals that you're not supposed to touch. You know, if you have mildew in the camp, if you have, I mean, it's just so, people could look at it and say, what's well, just so nitpicky. Well, we're talking about a holy, perfect God and I'm bringing my ways to you to show you a shadow because the things in the old Testament and even Hebrews mentions this, the it's a shadow of the realities themselves. The reality is Messiah and, and Yah that this is just giving you a shadow of the true reality, which is the spiritual. But in order for you to understand the spiritual, I'm going to give you earthly things so that you can then understand um, the spiritual because yes, the, the blood of bulls and goats, because the law said it, was for a time, but you know, Yah made it clear that the blood of bulls and goats you did not have pleasure in. It was the body that you prepared for me. That and then Messiah says, you know, here I am. I've come to do your will, O God, to put into establishment the new covenant. But this whole this aspect is just. I think it's neat that it's another aspect to understand the threefold of you could say the one holiness or the one baptism that you've got a way to the way to be holy is you must have all three together in order to be fully holy because you can't be holy with just Abba himself. 
you know, that's why it says godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, because if repentance was the only thing, it would say godly sorrow brings repentance that brings salvation. It would say it leads to. So this is just another, just deeper understanding of the way to be. Yah has made a way to be set apart and make sure that you walk through all the steps so that you can have the fullness of the holiness of God. And then therefore, there'll be no problem with you entering in the kingdom of God because you you have the fullness of it. When as you were talking, it came to mind uh, just the lyrics in a song. I don't know the exact song, um, but the lyrics in the song uh, that comes out of Christianity where it says, Lord, there is none like you. Well, why would God say, be holy as I am holy, if we don't have the ability to be like them? God is set apart, and they're saying, be, be, make that your being like us. And part of that is we, we, as we speak the truth of God, that's what gives us the ability to speak boldly and confidently because we're being holy. We're being God. We're being godly and we're being God because we're a part of God in circumcision of the heart where you've, uh, where you've completed the holiness, just like you complete the baptism and the things that we've talked about. And so just, you know, songs like that get a message in your mind like, Lord, there's none like you. Nobody can do it. Nobody can be like him. He was the only one. And yes, you cannot be him. That That's for sure. And I, I'm not saying anyone can be him. And if he didn't come, you could have done it. Uh, that That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that if you're going to be holy, then you have to walk as he did. And God does not give impossible tasks. Now, there's difficulty in it, but the difficulty that you'll run to or that you'll run into in faith is nothing else but yourself. You, you are your biggest obstacle when it comes to faith because of what you've been programmed with, what you've accepted, what you've allowed people to tell you, and that's what's keeping you from becoming holy, becoming set apart. If you're in a place, if you listen to this podcast and you recognize that you sin, make sure that you've had the fear of Abba and you repent to Abba, and that's the absolution of everything, and just seek them with all of your heart, and God will give you instruction step by step, whether it comes to another individual or it just comes straight from Messiah or it comes from Mother or it comes from Abba, you will be directed if you're seeking with all of your heart. And that's the, the key factor. And how long do you have to linger before you make a decision you're going to seek with all of your heart? And there's, there's no amount of knowledge that you can gain that's going to give you the ability to seek with all of your heart because seeking with all of your heart is a decision. It's a choice. It's, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I do it 
because that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be what I say I'm going to be instead of I'm just going to say, well, I want to do this or I want to do that. No, you must be like Messiah. God doesn't give impossible tasks. The Bible says that he came to to be an example that we should follow in his footsteps. And then on top of that, it says that in him, Anyone who claims to be in him must walk as he did. And in him, there is no sin. And all of those scriptures combined together are showing you that you have to be holy. You have to find the completion of holiness in order to be holy, to be set apart. And like we said, that starts at repentance. When you, when you truly repent to God, then you've already set yourself apart because there's many people that say they've repented to God, but they don't agree with God. They'll complain about things that God does or what God, oh, well, that was the Old Testament. And no, that's the Bible. That's the law. That's the the word of God is the Old Testament. The New Testament was just uh, people like you and I who were explaining these things. And it's interesting because another scripture earlier had come to mind about someone who uh, had circumcision of the heart who started to uh, drift back from being holy a little bit, being set apart. And it was Peter when Paul rebuked Peter. What was he doing? He was pulling away from, he was separating from the Gentiles and hanging with the Jews. Why? Because if he would have been hanging with the Gentiles, that was frowned on uh, by the Jews in his time, and he would have been seen as something other than a good Jewish person. And so what he do? He started to become unholy because he was going back to the crowd and going back to what they want. And that's a just that was a scripture that came to mind just thinking about how why did Paul rebuke him because it was like, hey, you're in danger here because you're you're pulling back. So you're pulling back into the circumcision group, but God already told you that don't say what's I uh, what I've made clean. Don't say it's unclean. And you're drawing back from this. And so your holiness of hanging with the Gentiles was you're being set apart, but now you're drawing back from that. And uh, Paul was right in his rebuke of Peter. And we didn't have any uh, account that Peter argued with Paul. I'm, I'm sure that Peter, it was just something that he was doing out of his lower conscience. And Paul was like, no, this is important enough that this needs to be brought to your attention uh, so that you can be holy as God is holy. Well, even mentioned in that scripture, it just came to mind that Barnabas even said Barnabas got kind of pulled away with it too, that, you know, to be careful. Uh, and it's interesting because this came to mind. I was listening to an older podcast, and this is an important point to make again, that you had mentioned that, you know, why would people wait to seek with all their heart? that if you're waiting around to attempt to figure out everything that God does and well, I don't understand why God would do this and that you're not going to be able to figure it all out. So lingering because you don't understand something of God or I don't understand the things of God that 
you're not going to understand everything. That's point of the point. The part of this is seeking with all your heart is you making a decision, no matter how it affects me, no matter what happens in my life, I'm okay with it because I'm going to follow the ways of God. That's what I'm going to do. And you might not understand everything, you know, to where people where I want to be able to understand all this before I seek with, without seeking with all your heart, you're not going to be able to understand these things. So you have to be willing, even taking a step of faith before to make a decision to seek with all your heart, because you have to, without seeing the proof yet, you've got to make that decision. And what came to mind was about hell. Well, if hell exists, then I don't, or yeah, but you may not understand hell or you may not understand submission or all these other things, but that's the thing. And, and Yah knows that, that you're not going to of yourself understand it all. But that's why the word says to uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So don't let it be a, 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 a holding you back of, well, I just want to make sure I can understand it so that I'm not taking away counting the cost of this. What I'm saying is, is that if you're waiting to where I want to make sure I understand all of this before, but there's things you're not going to be able to understand. So take the leap. Like you said, you know, if you're tipping your toe in the water and it was interesting because Tori, this was a few years ago, we were at the beach and, you know, I was kind of, you know, well, hesitant getting out in the cold and she's like, well, Sean, just jump in. And then she was out there and she was kind of going through and I was like, Tori, didn't you tell me to, to jump in, go ahead and get in there. And, and we were just had some fun with it, but it's true. It's like, you have to be willing to, it's going to be cold. I'm not going to know what's out there, but I'm going to jump in. And it just takes, you, you've got to have that moment to do that. And, um, I had this thought about the, um, the holiness that look at the tabernacle and the picture that Yah gave the tabernacle wasn't hidden where you couldn't see it. It, it was in plain sight. Now there was a, a veil around it. You had the curtains that are around it. And then you have the different veilings like we talked about. But when you seek with all your heart, it's not that, and it's not that, you know, you, nobody can see it or nobody doesn't know that God exists or anything like that. It's there. So Yah is not just, well, I'm, you know, I'm just hiding this completely to where nobody can see it. No, you can see it. You just can't see inside the details until you come to the repentance, obedience, and trust because you seek with all your heart. You, you come to this tabernacle. Okay. Well, think about the tabernacle. The tabernacle is a set apart place. It's a holy place because it's set apart. I mean, it doesn't have chains and, and locks to where you can't get in there. But just like if you go to somebody's house and there's a fence around it, well, the house is set apart from the road that you, you have to make an effort to go in. But I'm not hiding it from you. It's just that if you want to come in, there's a process for you to come in my house. You come through the door, you come up to the walkway, then you come to the house door, then you come in the house, then you go into the basement. I mean, it, I'm just saying it says a, it's a, the tabernacle was a set apart place. Just like that's a picture of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is set apart and there's a way to get there. And so each step of it, you know, seeking with all your heart is starting the journey of holiness because you've got to set yourself apart. How many people are not seeking y'all with all their heart to even start that? And you go out into the wilderness and you're setting yourself apart from the world by seeking after Abba with all your heart. And Abba knows the journey. And at the right time, hey, you see this tabernacle? All right, well, now. And because we had talked about the grace of God. Okay, well, by my grace, all right, here's the curtain. Come on in. 
you see these items in here, figure out what these mean. You know, you're going to figure out how this works and then we'll take it to the next steps. But each step is in an order. And just like a, it might've been the old Testament, it referred to the baptism as the ceremonial cleansing. Well, the cleansing is in three steps. You have the cleansing of repentance, you know, the water baptism, which is the one baptism, the, the fullness of the cleansing, the holiness, it just, all of this is just so, Yah has just done such a, and because they're brilliant anyway, a, a brilliant job of giving us the physical so we can understand the spiritual aspect that just like the kingdom of heaven, you have the tribes of Israel that were around this, this tabernacle camping around it. Well, doesn't it make sense? You're in the kingdom of heaven that the Israel of God is camped around this holy temple, which is God. And you just have a picture of that, which is in heaven, that you're just the people of God or around the temple. I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful picture, but it just gives so much more detail on as we, we were going through the gospel messages, just realize that this threefold message is three immersions of holiness as well. And realize if people hadn't realized this, that you are able to be holy just as Yah is holy, but you must go through the proper order in order to be holy. You have to do the work. God does not do the work for you. You actually accepting the son of God as Lord and savior means that you will do the work that's necessary because you believe in him. That's why the word says those that believe in him will not perish because if you believe in him, then you will do what he did. You will walk in repentance. You will walk in obedience. You will walk in trust in Yah. And you will continue to do that because I don't know if you notice this field that like once you enter the tabernacle, just in the circular, holiness is being set apart, not just, you know, I'm, I'm, just putting you over here, it, it made me think of being set apart. Like I am going to walk in repentance, never to stop that. I'm walking this life of repentance, never leaving it. Okay. Well, that's being set in my mind that that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And then I'm going to be obedient to God, no matter what, I don't care what anybody thinks I'm going to do what y'all wants me to do. And then the trust, I'm going to trust in God with all my heart. And you set that and the, the point of it is, is to be set and then to always continue never to stop. Right. As long as we're talking about set as a solid found, a solid unmovable action, yes. but not set as in place, because somebody might say, well, you said that you're set, you, you're set in holiness. So that means somebody placed you in holiness. No. And I understand what you're saying. I was just giving a little more clarification. Yeah. Just like the aspect of you make a, I'll just clarify what, what I was meaning is a, a absolute mind change with resolve, meaning that you've thought about it and you're making that full commitment to walk in all these aspects, not ever stopping, but you making a decision that that's what you want to do and you're going to do it and never, like meaning like for us, we never stop walking in repentance. We, because if you did, then we would go back to sin and in obedience, we never stop walking in repentance. We never stop trusting in God, like a continual circular, never ending is what I was meaning. Right. I, I knew what you were meaning and you oh. knew what you were meaning. Um, just again, just for clarification for people who listen that, you know, they might, somebody might want to try to misconstrue it. We just, uh, clarify and that's, 
Uh, that's all good. And here's what's interesting, and we'll probably end up doing a podcast on this at some point in time. But the thing that the thing that really keeps people from changing, and this isn't just people from a faith perspective. Okay, this is people in the world why they're still stuck in why they're stuck in a circle. Okay, and it's because and everybody wants to blame everybody else that of why this is happening or what's going on. But the problem with people and why they won't have faith and why they won't change their life is because they won't step off of the crazy train. They won't step off of the crazy train. And I'm not going to go into depth with the aspect of the crazy train because there's a whole lot of uh, psychological uh, stuff that goes along with that perspective. But just bringing that up because your biggest battle is going to be within yourself because when people are coming against you, you know, well, I don't like the way this feels. And I, so you're battling yourself. You're not really battling them, but when you can get to the point where no, this is locked in. Absolute. This is what I'm doing. And if you don't like it, sorry about that. If you choose, you don't want to be my friend. Bye. Because, and I don't mean that from a uh, mean perspective. It's just a fact of God's what my choice is, and that's what I'm going to live. And if you don't like it, then you're more than free to, to part from it. But don't think that I'm going to go with you because I'm not. And that's why Messiah said, uh, spoke about being willing to leave father and mother, husband or wife, uh, children, because you're going to be set apart. And if you're going to be set apart, some of those people aren't going to like it. And if they don't like it, what are you going to do? You're going to coddle to them and try to please them, or you're going to be pleasing to God. And a lot of people would say, well, that's not a, a good attitude to have. Well, it's the best attitude to have because everybody who has ha has that exact same mindset will have no problem getting along and being in agreement and then, so what you do is you pick up good new friends along the way that are good for you and beneficial for you. But you are your biggest enemy when we talk about faith and we talk about getting out of situations that you're in and people are convinced that it's an impossibility to do it, but it's not, it, it, it's possible. Being holy is possible, but you have to get past the program training that you have in order to see it, in order to recognize it. You have to open your mind and evaluate it against what you've been taught, against what the word says. And now I'm going to go with what the word says because God doesn't lie. So I'm going with the word. I'm not going with what you say. That's going to set you apart and people aren't going to like you. And trust me, I, I know this very well myself and it's not a, uh, I'm not whining about it or I'm not boasting about it. Uh, but when I started this journey, I was able to see that being holy does not always feel good. 
especially in the beginning part of it, because, and I remember crying out to God because I was the only one at one point with everybody around me. I'm not saying I was the only one in the world because God's reach is, is farther than just one person here, but with the people around me, nobody, even when I met you, you didn't understand what I understood. And I remember just crying out to God, just bring to me people who understand this like I understand it. And of course, over time, you're learning from Yah, the gospel message, and you coming to understand the same way that I understand. And uh, even to the point of having a, a um, separation spiritually from your wife, not not physically in the world, but because she chose to pull back, um, you have to be strong enough to say, I don't like that. I don't want that to happen for that person. But what's most important to me is God. Now, I can tell you that God is most important to me. And a lot of people would say, well, that's not right, because you, you, what about your wife? Well, yeah, she comes in second. She is the most important next to God. And then my kids, or the, the uh, believers in the church, my kids, and then it goes out to other people. And it's not a hatred for other people, but it's a fact that I understand that there's an order that God has, and that order is God first, and then it goes to my wife. And she's a godly woman, so she understands that. Now, there was a time in our relationship when she didn't understand it, and that's gone, so it's no harm, no foul, no issue in the midst of it. Uh, but that's the way it should be, and I don't want I don't want to be her first priority, and I shouldn't be her first priority. God should be her first priority because that's what's going to be, let her be set apart. And because we make God the priority, our relationship is better than it ever has been and ever could have been because of the intervention of God in it, because we exalt God over everything else. And then it's up to you to, to figure out how that line lays out for you. And you don't like it. You know, I didn't like it when I decided I wasn't going to celebrate Christmas and the rest of my family was celebrating Christmas, kind of looking at me like I'm the, well, I guess I was the Scrooge, you know, <laughs> and it's like, bah humbug, you don't, you know, but I was doing it for godly reasons, and I knew that it wasn't appropriate to celebrate it, so I was like, well, I'm not going to let this bother me. It, this is the choice you made. And again, those things have subsided, and um, she came to circumcision of the heart, and, and like I said, it, I don't, if I had to go through this with somebody else, I don't think I could, because what she has from a godly perspective is exactly what I want. And what that is, is her desire like mine to continue to grow in God and to have to go through that again 
would I would I be able to uh, find somebody if something happened to her? And I thought about it, and I was like, I, I don't even think I would attempt to do that. Now, unless y'all made a different plan, but that's how much I cherish what we have because of both of us being able to be set apart by God. And that doesn't mean that we don't have times where uh, there's things that come up, but we work through those things a whole lot easier than we did in the past. And well, we don't hold on to them and we talk them out and we get it done. And so being holy is not just a benefit for your faith, but it's a benefit for your life with those that choose to be holy as well. It's not really going to benefit those that don't choose to be holy, but it will because if you're being holy at your job, that means you're going to do the best you can working for your job as though you're working unto the Lord. And therefore they're going to benefit from your labor because you're doing, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for God because God's the priority, but they benefit from your holiness, but if you get into a spiritual conversation with somebody at work about it, then they're not going to, you're not going to have their favor. Then they're not going to like it in the process. And so it's just, uh, there's a whole lot to every topic that comes up that we talk about and just being holy. It's just so important. And it's interesting because with Christianity, okay, I'm going to give them a encouragement of, or I don't know if it's an encouragement, but uh, they do one thing. They do draw people to at least test the water. Now, it's not near far enough for salvation uh, because you have to dive in and completely go and, and testing the water just no, that's not that, but at least, Hey, there's this savior and you know what you do with it. If you don't search it out, that's on you anyway. And all the false teachers, you know, they, they're being followed by false followers. So everybody's going to answer for themselves anyway. What I was thinking about was when we talked about the tabernacle and the repentance, the obedience and the trust. And then as you were talking, I was sitting there, I was like, wow, wait a minute. When you're outside of the tabernacle, you're in the wilderness. Okay. And so I'm going to, I'm going to draw into this, how you can go through a threefold step of holiness and how it makes sense. Cause some people might say, well, that's three steps. That's you have to be holy three. Well, no, you're not completely holy until you're in the most holy place. But watch this, okay, because you're in the, the wilderness, okay? You repent to God, you get into the courtyard, okay? Inside the courtyard, you are set apart by that which is on the outside of the, the tabernacle because that what's on the outside can only come in through repentance. And so there's not going to be that many people in there. There's going to be people in there. There are going to be people that are going to repent. But then how many of those people are going to continue the journey to the holy place where now 
you're in the holy place. You're separated from the courtyard. And then you go into the most holy place. Now you're separated from the holy place. And here's the thought that came to mind with that. If you have a huge section of woods and you have uh, what you, you have um, a city, okay? If I want to be set apart from the city, what do I have to do? I have to go into the woods. Once I've gone into the woods, I've separated myself from the city. The farther I go into the woods, the farther I get away from the city. And we just keep going and going and going and going because the farther we go in faith, we are continually more and more set apart. Think about the difference between what we're professing and talking about today compared to four years ago when we were new to circumcision of the heart. You know, well, there's a difference. Why? Because we're growing in that holiness in God. We've we've reached circumcision of the heart, and so we we are considered holy as God is holy. But now we get to continue to grow and increase, and the farther we go in faith, the farther we go away from the world. The farther we go in faith, the farther we go away from sin. And this is why it's so important for people to understand if you're being taught and you believe that you can sin and still enter into the kingdom of God, it's an impossibility. And I don't say this as a a hateful thing because I really want people everywhere to repent of their wickedness, but a true repentance, which is a turn to God and not a feeling sorry and a praying a prayer. And, oh, there I have it because I had this this broken down feeling and and you know we've talked about this in the gathering before that don't make a decision based in an emotion have the emotion i'm not telling you don't have emotions have the emotion but don't make any decisions because that's when people do rash things when They're in the midst of an emotional flood and they make decisions. And that could be anger. It could be happiness. It could be all kinds of things. You know, oh my gosh, this just feels so good. And man, I just want to invest in this. And then six months later, the investment is gone because you didn't weigh all the pros and cons of it. And is it really financially stable? And no, it felt good at the time. And so, no, so we want to make uh, decisions and judgments from a sober perspective. And that means if you have an emotional flood, fine, get away from the emotional flood, then do your evaluation and then decide what is appropriate. How many people blurt out the word divorce in the midst of frustration and anger when they don't really mean that. But now that I said it, and then that hurt the other person. So the other person is like, all right, you want that, then fine. And then they pursue it, though that's not what you really wanted. But that came out in an emotional flood and you can't get those words back. So the best thing to do is if you're feeling an emotional flood, let it happen, but keep your mouth shut no matter what it is. And then 
do some evaluation and evaluate it with the truth of God and just make sure that uh, it lines up with God and then make your decision based in that. And so because you're going to be holy, you're going to be set apart, you have to be in that place where there is no sin and you have to be in that place where your conscience is clear that you have no sin. And you don't get that by uh, scorching and by uh, scouring and, no, I'm, I, no, I don't sin. I don't sin. No, the Bible says he came to take away sin. He took away my sin. No, but you know, as much as you're saying that, you know the guilt of your sin. And even if maybe consciously you don't, let the fear that you have in your life show you that you know. Because fear proves to you that you have sin. If you fear, if you haven't set solid absolution in your mind that I'm not going to fear anything at all, then can you be holy? Because fear has to do with punishment. For me, Punishment has been removed. I have no fear of punishment. Do, do I have a reverent respect for God, for Abba, Ima, Yahushua? Most definitely, certainly. But I don't need to have fear because fear has to do with punishment. And if you have fear in your life, then that's telling you that you have punishment and you need to do something to get away from it. And so get off of the crazy train. I thought you were going there. Isn't there a song or maybe there isn't a song called crazy train. That just sounds like a song. I don't know if it is, but I had this in regards to this on my mind that, um, I used to listen years ago to a guy that it was a motivational tapes and he had mentioned about, it was about having success and sales and things. And it made me think about what we're talking about that. He said the number one enemy of success or you know, moving forward is conformity. And what he was saying was, is that the way to really be a truly a success is doing what you want to do, not caring about what other people do. Like you would get out of college or high school and you just go do what everybody else is doing, like at the local factory or the car dealership or whatever, and you just do it. And they would ask like, why are you working? Why are you doing? And they couldn't give an answer. And it made me think about this from this aspect that people could look at conformity as a negative, but you think about being holy, being set apart, the kingdom of God is about conformity because yeah, you're, you're set apart from other people, but don't look at conformity as a negative because where you're just doing what everybody else is doing. But with the kingdom of God, that if you're doing what is pleasing to God, then those that are doing that will be doing the same things you're doing. So you're going to be in the same place doing the same things. Now, the word of God warns against don't conform to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know what the, the will of the Lord is. But it just, it, it, as we were sitting there talking about being set apart, that the, the message there was, well, conformity means that you're not set apart. You're just doing everything that everybody else is doing, but you are set apart, meaning that you're in a group of people that's in this factory that's set apart from others because other people don't work there and you're set apart from them. So it just made me think of there's a lot of messages in the world about 
that'll give message about well, this is the truth. That's the truth. And if you look at it from the truth of God perspective, being set apart is a good thing because you get away from all the dysfunction and all the things that aren't beneficial. And you can go to the things that are functional. Like what think about with our gathering that how Yah was starting us on, on being holy that, all right, set on the floor. Okay. Take off your shoes when you enter. Okay. Well, here are the words that are going to help you be set apart. Here's what this means so that you don't do what other people do. Messiah did it with the disciples. Here's how you should pray. Don't pray like this. Be set apart. Pray like this. This is what Abba and Eman desire, that when you fast, don't do what they do. Do this. This is what's pleasing to God. So he was giving how to be set apart. In the Old Testament with Abba, Yeah, when you go into the land, don't do these things because it'll mess things up for you. Here, Here's my law. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't covet. That's to set you apart that, that makes you different from everybody else. And then they'll know that I am God because you're set apart because you're able to see, well, you know, what God is so righteous that these people are living this way. I want to live that way. I want to be set apart from this. You know, Rahab, she wanted to be set apart. You know, she had the fear of the Lord and she was set apart. Her family was spared, you know, being taken out of Jericho. So when you think about it, that the, the faith journey, Abraham, all right, Abraham, be set apart, leave this land that you have and go to where I'm going to, take you to go. I mean, it's, you know, Noah, build this ark. You think Noah wasn't set apart with what he was doing that it hadn't rained here for years. What are you building a boat for? Well, because that's what y'all wants me to do. And yeah, he was set apart. He was set apart, him and his family being in the ark and y'all shut the door. Well, what happened to the rest of the world? They drowned and all, all of those people perished, but he was set apart. And that's why Noah and his family just, uh, another picture of Yeshua that, you know, in Messiah, you are set apart. And so this message is all over. The word is just that with us bringing this out is just make sure that you, uh, it's not about just coming to one aspect of it. You must have the fullness of holiness in order to enter the kingdom of God. You, you, you know, you cannot stop at repentance. You can't stop at obedience. You have to have the fullness of holiness in order to enter the kingdom of God. And not only that, once you are are holy as they're holy, continue in their holiness. Don't go back to the old ways, you know, continue in holiness to the end, you know, because the word says that when the tribulation comes, that this calls for the perseverance of the saints, you know, because you're set apart, you know, make sure that you were doing what is necessary to persevere and endure to the end, you know, walking in that godly character. Yeah. I just, th- this is, uh, I'm, I'm glad when, we'll have thoughts come to mind and then mother will say, this is where we're going to go. Cause I'm, I was like, I'm so glad we went in this direction and, and all of it from just a thought of one scripture, but how much detail and how much just truth coming out with this, this is a, just an awesome thing. Well, like you said, with the conformity, it's not a matter that you conform. Cause like you said, it's a, it's a must. There is conformity in faith, but it's what you conform to. And people who are conforming to the things of God are conforming to the things of God. They're not conforming to the things that other people said. They're not conforming to what other people do. Well, everybody else is doing this, so let's do it. Everybody else wanted to uh, build this golden calf. So uh, Aaron, what did he do? Well, 
was he set apart in that moment? No. Because Aaron should have been like, no, we're, no, I'm not. You guys are going to do that? You do it, but I'm getting away from here. Uh, I'm not doing that. And Moses comes down off the mountain, enraged of what he saw, and slinging the uh, Ten Commandments into the, the golden altar that was, or the golden calf that was being offered. And it's like, why? Because Aaron didn't want the people to come after him because well, Moses, he's been gone for so long. So let, let's set up these idols and, and let's worship them. And Aaron went with that. And so the, he conformed to what they wanted because of fear or, you know, it really doesn't matter what the reason why you conform to that what is not appropriate. And, well, there is. <laughs> it's the trust in God that you don't have the trust in God if you're going to, if you're worried more about conforming to what other people do, what other people think, uh, you're, you're not going to get very far. But when you're concerned with what God thinks, that will carry you a long way. And that's the only thing that will give you the ability to be able to transform your mind. And you won't be doing things because this is what the crowd is doing. You know, the whole, uh, there is that whole mob mentality perspective that, you know, a couple people start doing something and everybody just kind of get caught and kind of gets caught up in it. And it happens like we've seen riots and stuff like that. And people who normally wouldn't be, out there causing trouble like that just get this feeling that what's well, a free-for-all justice and they get into it because they conform to what everybody around them was doing instead of getting on the other side and trying to stop them or just no i'm getting out of here because this isn't right i'm not going to do this and so we we must conform to the things of god and in order to do that, obviously, we have to transform our mind. And we have to get our mind off of thinking uh, temporal, and we have to think eternal, that I'm not worried about what somebody does to my body here in this life. If somebody kills me, they kill me. They can't take away my salvation. So I'm not thinking temporal. I'm thinking eternal. And you will think eternal as you are set apart. What does it matter if... I'm in a, a car crash or what does it matter if something happens? It, it, it is what it is. And I can use it to either strengthen me or I could use it to turn my turn away from God because I don't understand or no, I choose to be holy as God is holy. And therefore people aren't going to like the things that we say. They're not going to like the things that we do because we're not going to agree with you when it doesn't agree with the truth of God. And there are more people who don't agree with the truth of God, even though may, they may profess some sort of faith in God, then there are people that actually have true faith in God. And if you're going to have that true faith, you're going to be set apart. You're, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be off on an Island even when you're around people because everybody around you is cussing and using different types of language and uh, nasty jokes and you don't engage in it. No, I'm, I'm in the world and I'm called to be in the world, but not of the world. And so I'm not engaging in that. I'm not, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. 
and you just continually walk in a process of improvement and moving. And that's the whole concept of faith. Because if there's noise happening and I want to get away from the noise, what do I have to do? I have to walk away from the noise. And the farther I get away from the noise, the less I hear the noise. And the farther I get away, the less I hear the noise. And you get to the point where, you know, I don't celebrate Christmas. And they play Christmas carols everywhere, especially on that time of year. And in essence, I don't pay attention to them. I don't get all, oh, my gosh, all this. No, that's a Christmas song. I'm not I'm not letting that bother me. It's like we talked about before. When you get to the point where things don't weigh on you, then okay, no issue, no problem. But that's part of being set apart. You know, we don't celebrate Christmas. We don't celebrate Easter. And for good reason, but people don't like that. And I don't have family members that are going to come to me and ask me why we don't celebrate Christmas or why we don't celebrate Easter. Because if I ask you why, why you celebrate it, you can't give me a good answer because God never said to celebrate those things. There were feasts laid out in Leviticus that God said, these are the feasts that you were to hold for all generations. And none of them included Christmas and Easter. And these were things that were put into place by man, just like a marriage ceremony. The specific marriage ceremony, before you have that union to somebody, it was put in place by man. In, in Actually, in Christianity, they started actually doing marriages about 800 A.D., about 800 years after the death of Messiah is when the Catholic Church decided to implement uh, marriages into their uh, services and into their uh, church uh, atmosphere. And so it's not something that was done from the very beginning. And God makes it clear what they want you to do. And you celebrate the Passover. All the feasts that God said to celebrate all encapsulate faith in Messiah. When you have the fullness of faith, you walk in a daily uh, aspect of fulfilling all of those feasts without having to stop and feast. It, you know, we fast. Do we fast of food? Well, sometimes we might, but I would rather fast of things of the world and let it be a lifelong fast so that I can eat and enjoy the word of God. Take it in. I even had this thought in Genesis that Yah already puts into place the holiness. You may eat of any tree in the garden, but of this tree do not eat of this tree. Well, he's already, I'm, I'm setting this apart from you and so it's all over the place, but when you were speaking about the, if you're hearing the noise and you want to, you want to, don't want it to affect you to get away from it. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but um, it was back in the late nineties. It's got Jodie Foster and it's called contact. And it was where they were attempting to go into outer space with this machine. 
and at the very beginning, uh, this is what I thought of is it has, it shows earth and it, it's one of those videos. And there's a couple of them on YouTube where it'll say like where earth is compared to the universe and it'll go, it'll start on earth and then have a, like a panning away shot to where you get further away, almost like you're in a hot air balloon, just going away from earth. And what was interesting is as you were going, like you would hear noise and satellites and then the further you would get away from earth and then you would get to Mars and Venus and it just kept going and going, it would get quieter and quieter to where you were back at the galaxies and the way that they portrayed it was that it was quiet, which we know that there's some kind of noises there, but it just made me think of the further you get away from the world and you draw near to God and they draw near to you, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. So that noise, resist it and go towards God. And that's how you can get away from, you know, what's called the noise in that aspect. But it just made me think of if you have an issue there, then, you know, stop listening to the noise, turn away from the noise and go to another source. Like if, you know, like somebody, if, if somebody were to say, well, I'm having a problem with quiet time. Well, okay. Well, what kind of noise is around you that is making it difficult? Is there not necessarily like a television or a radio noise, but what is going on in your mind? That's a noise that's, you know, hindering you from a quiet time or, you know, reading or whatever it is that, you know, just to evaluate that what's causing this noise, that what's really the help to get away from that. And that just like how just made me think of what you were talking about with, if you want to get away from something like you go in the woods and you keep going, the further you do get away from the city, it is quieter. Now there's still noises, but you're away from that noise. And a lot of people will go on vacation or go on things to get away from the quote noise but the noise is really in their programming and it stays with them. So even the vacation isn't satisfying because the noise remains and I go back and now it's right in my face again. And this is just a good aspect to just realize to that the word of God, all the details and the stories in it, it it's all about being set apart because you're, it's for you to make a choice. Are you going to follow what God says to do so that you can be set apart or are you going to reject it? where mankind is without excuse and how many different stories daniel he was set apart no i'm not going to stop praying during the day and you throw me in prison or whatever you do and yah set him apart to where he closed the mouth of lions but the people that weren't for god they were thrown in and the lions ate him up um you know with i mean there's so many different stories in in the word and that's the thing it gives you know aspects so when the unbeliever looks at the bible that wow all right, well, this is God and this is what they do. Am I going to believe this and ultimately believe in it and be set apart? Or am I going to stay where I am? So really it just, again, there's no excuses before God because you decided not to be set apart. You made the decision that you would rather live in the comfort of sin than to find faith in me. And therefore you chose to be set apart from me as opposed to be set apart from the world. So just as another aspect to remove excuses that, if you're not being holy, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. And people would say, well, I don't understand. Well, and that's the purpose of the podcast is we're giving the truth of God, which is set apart from the world so that when you engage in it, and that was, I'll bring around to this was the first thought I had was the thought of how can I learn the things that God wants me to learn? And the best way to do that is through engagement. That if you're, and it came to mind with like the podcast or we're at our gathering that if the best way for you to learn 
is to engage your mind. And the, the story came to mind of the, it was a young man that when Paul was preaching that he fell out of the window and it was a late hour and made me think of, wow, the more in anything we're talking about in regards to God or we're having prayer time or listening to music or podcasts or whatever, the more we engage in it, we will get the most that we can get out of it. We won't get everything. And it just made me think of, for me, that um, not just with if with my job, the more I engage in it, the, the more um, beneficial it will be for me, but, but especially with the things of God, that if you find yourself kind of drifting off or kind of dozing or, and it may not necessarily be a physical sleep, but you just get distracted or something that the, the best thing to get the most you can out of any lessons of Yah is to make sure you engage in Paul because he had such a passion for the things of God that he was engaging. And I just see that as another picture of, you know, don't be a sleeper, you know, don't stay asleep because then you're not able to hear and apply these messages. And that was just a concept that I, I was thinking we were going to talk about. But with this, in order to be holy, you've got to be engaging in the things of God and really putting it into practice and really thinking and evaluating and applying it to yourself. So for those out there, if you are listening to the podcast, you're listening to some and you think, well, I'm kind of getting distracted or I'm getting, you know, I don't know if I'm getting a lot of it, just do the best you can to engage yourself actively in it and really listen the best you can and you'll get the most you can get out of it. So I would just encourage that for anybody. Right. And a key factor in that is if something grabs your attention when you're done listening, let that be your focus point. You don't have to get everything. You don't have to imp- uh, apply everything. But if something comes to mind, there's a reason it came to mind. And if it's sticking out to you, it's sticking out to you for a reason. And so it's just really important for people to do that. And it's interesting because with this aspect of being holy, I had two places, two things that reminded me of the holiness uh, Messiah himself, where he who understood what he understood not even his disciples did and it was said about his own brothers brothers that were born of mary and joseph that even his own brothers didn't believe him and it wasn't until like chapter 15 of uh john where they make a statement and messiah's like at last at last finally you believe at last. And so it, that didn't stop him from doing the stuff that he was doing, even though he was being questioned by the disciples and he was being questioned by everybody else. But he stayed the course because he knew what was right to do and he stayed with it. And that was just one aspect, uh, just looking at it being set apart. And what he did were called to that same perspective. And the disciples, when they became apostles after Messiah went on, they went and they carried out the exact same thing that he did, even to the point of death. So uh, that's definitely, they were set apart, but it was after they had circumcision of the heart where they had the fullness of it. Mm-hmm. And the other scripture that came to mind was Joseph. Joseph, the father or the uh, surrogate father, of messiah when you know well he found out that mary was pregnant and he was going to divorce her why well because of the weight of the jews and the jewish people and their customs and you know that she cheated 
before you were joined to her and you're going to stay with her it was it was it would have in that time it would have been an expectation that he would have gotten uh divorced but then the angel came to him and said that what what uh, mary has was conceived of the holy spirit and then he decided not to uh divorce her but don't think people didn't know that messiah wasn't his physical child because even the pharisees threw it up in Messiah's face later on. Well, we're not illegitimate. They knew. And so Joseph, when he was decided to not divorce Mary and stay the course because he was told that this is from God, then he was set apart and he would have had to have put up with ridicule from other Jews that would have put him down because you knew this and you didn't because of the culture back then and what they uh, were dealing with. And so just an aspect that came to mind with Joseph and the fact, again, that people knew it and the fact that people knew it came out when Messiah was rebuking the Pharisees and they, that was the, the, where he commented about their father being the devil. And in that process, they were like, well, we're not illegitimate. Well, why would they say that to Messiah if they didn't know that whole aspect that he was in Mary before Joseph and Mary got married so that makes him illegitimate well it also makes him as one who we should not be drawn to as well but those were two areas in scripture that came to mind um just here at the end that with uh, the holiness and the holiness perspective and if you look for it in the word of god you can look for it old testament new testament it's there and you just have to look for it and don't just look for it, search for it, seek to see these things, and God will make them clear. Just make sure you're seeking with all of your heart. And remember, seeking with all of your heart is not about how much knowledge you have. It's about a choice. It's about a decision that I'm going to figure this out one way or the other, and I'm going to do this. And if you linger in not doing it, shame on you because you're just... It's a detriment because you're not promised one more second. You, you could die in a crash or a heart attack or whatever it is. You're not promised another day in your life. Make the decision. Make the decision to seek with all of your heart. And when you do that, God will make everything else clear. I promise that, and that's a fact that God will not fail on, provided you do what you're required to do to know God. And that is, seek for me and you will find me when you seek with all of your heart. And um, we'll end with this tonight. I, <laughs> I thought you were going with the other Joseph, which I was like, well, that's a beautiful picture as well because he even had a dream with his brothers around that, you know, a stalk of wheat was standing up and then all the other stalks bowed down and worshiped. And 
they took him and threw him in a cistern. And I was like, talking about being set apart, he was like the youngest one. And they're like, well, you know, why in the world are you able to do this? But then how did Joseph go? And just another way of y'all giving us a picture of Messiah that him coming up to be just um, below Pharaoh in rank that, you know, he was in Egypt that he was set apart and then, you know, welcomed his brothers. But that is just interesting because I wasn't thinking about Mary and Joseph. I was thinking about Joseph and his brothers, which just it, it's all over the place in the word of God. But yeah, very good discussion. This is a good stopping point for us. And we'll, and just to, you know, with everybody again, that yeah, be holy means there, as we've said this in another podcast, there are things that you must do in faith and being holy means it's your responsibility to seek God with all your heart. And then once you find the truth of God for you to actually apply it and to walk as Messiah did. So uh, until next time, uh, which will be uh, Lord willing, will be Saturday, 6 a.m. for the podcast. And uh, everybody have a great evening. Good being with you again. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.